This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 467, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Podcast episode 467. We were gone for like a month. Didn't feel like it. It didn't, but we were. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. Joining me is Josh Flanagan. Hello, everyone. And Paul Montgomery is off on secret assignment. He will be back next week. But we're back after taking our winter break to spend time with our families. Yes, we have those things. We're not robots. So, what are you going to do? I don't know, but I bet we were better at ad living in the past. I bet that I Probably. think that's a muscle. I think that's a there muscle were, you have to work. You know, there weren't even any real any comics last week to talk about, so we couldn't have even done a show if we wanted there to. There wasn't. I read some. I've been reading. I didn't want to fall behind. I had two comics gap, to read last week. Yeah, I don't remember what they were, and I read them all out of order, so I don't know what came out what week. And a lot of the ones from this week I read a long time ago. So <laughs> we are a fanboy. <laughs> And we like comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read. We talk, we call it the pick of the week. Talk about other, talk about that book. Wow, wow, wow! <laughs> this is a month. This is month off script reading. We talk about that on this here podcast, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest. Sometimes there's goofy nonsense, though. I make no promises. There is no money back guarantee. Actually, there is. You can have your money back. Before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning, this is a review show. We will be talking about – there's no money back guarantee. We will, be, we will talk about things that happened in this week's book. So if you're worried about spoilers, pause the show and we come back when the coast is money. clear. Josh, yeah. you had the first pick of 2015. I did. Uh, and that is going to go to The Fade Out, number four, uh, from Image Comics, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips. And is Val Staples still their guy? Nope. Elizabeth Brightwater. Nope. I should have known that. What does Val Staples think of that? Uh, anyway, so this is the fourth installment of this film noir that takes place in Hollywood uh, just before HUAC, but just after the war. Um, this fits into a version of War Corner, I guess. Um, well, people are informing, so is it, is it before HUAC? I feel like HUAC hadn't like made its big impact yet. Like Maybe they hadn't had the hearings. Like They're making the lists. I don't know. Maybe. Does anyone else out there know what we're talking about, or is this just Connor and I and like, a couple <laughs> so, of nerds? So here's what's interesting about this issue. I thought Earl Rath, who is this movie star character, he's a little Clark Gable-ish, although he's also a little bit, uh, what's his name, Roman Holiday guy. Gary Cooper? No. Uh, I don't know. Kill a Mockingbird. Just, Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, 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 uh, 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 oh, it's gone. I know exactly who you mean. I, I watched can't. Roman Holiday over the break, and I just, I'm just dumb right now. Uh, but then, it, it, then Clark Gable shows up in this issue, so I was confused. Well, but. and here's the question. So, so basically, you know, we're moving the story forward. We're, we're meeting more people. Um, we're getting a little bit more about the character's past. Uh, and, and basically, this, col- this story really is a collection of moments, I think, more than it is a lot of necessary. There is plot movement, definitely. But I, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you that there was sort of a beginning, middle, and end to this to the story in this issue, I guess. Gregory uh, Peck. Gregory Peck. There you go. Yeah. Atticus Finch. Um, yeah. 
Is this the first time that we have been introduced to real people? Uh, in this story. Because in uh, this is, is, is Clark Cable, uh, Ronald Reagan, um, it might be all I'm trying to remember, but but like there's no there's a well, there's, with our there's, world there's a there's a photo of Bogart, there's a photo of Lauren Bacall, there's a photo of Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been mentioned. I mean, it's clearly the real Hollywood that this takes place in. I this is a bit more vignettish, but it's also kind of fits the story of this Hollywood screenwriter who woke up next to a dead body and is trying to remember what happened that night, and and so things are coming back to him at in flashes and at random moments. And so that's kind of how it's structured. I, I love this book. I mean, yeah, if you're talking I, I about do. a book that's more written more for me, I don't know what book that would be, but <laughs> a, a golden age of Hollywood murder mystery, mm-hmm. you know, with real, real characters. And there's a little bit of world war two in here when, when the, the writer remembers how he was, uh, he did a film with Clark Gable about the war. I, I, he did a documentary in the war, which was a real documentary, mm-hmm. and uh, but obviously saw some shit. And so I, he I loved worked it. Worked with John Ford, who also shot those. He, right. was, he John Ford actually shot them. I think in the the Flying Fortresses, like we're we're seeing here. Uh, and of course, you know who else worked uh, in that core? Stan Lee. Jack Kirby. Oh, all right. Jack, no, no, no. Jack Kirby was in Patton's <laughs> Third Army. Jack Kirby didn't take the desk job. Stan Lee, he wrote like he Stan Lee wrote cartoons of like how to avoid venereal disease, right, and like that kind of thing, and like instructional stuff. No, no, Jack Jack Kirby, he killed Nazis. So, Sorry. um, no, this Ford was I, I love this. This in addition to Velvet, I think that I actually was thinking about this after I finished reading this issue was that. Uh, once Brubaker left Marvel, where I, f- I feel like, and I don't want to insult him, but I feel like he was coasting a little bit towards the end of his Marvel c- run. He obviously I did some of the best. That. He did some of the best work we've read in, in the life of this show at Marvel's, in, you know, notably yes. with Captain America. He did, so he, did, we're not, he did what I would consider to be, I think, the best series at Marvel of that decade. Right. But I think I, I think by the end you could tell he was kind of done with those you know those yeah. stuff. But and he's it been felt, it felt right. It wasn't bad, but it didn't have no. the crap. Where's the next one feeling? Right. I think. But now but yeah. now now that he's fully on an image and he's doing Velvet and the Fade Out and I didn't love uh, Fatal, but lots of people did. It just wasn't my my kind of thing. I've but got he's, that book. I'm gonna read it because he's I, clearly. I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Out like, of this thinking just. Wow, this is this is the guy who who we were you know very big fans of for a while, and I think that that guy went away for a little bit, at least you know t- to me as a reader, if, if that's right. if that's fair to say. So He's firing he firing on all cylinders between Velvet and Fade Out. I'm loving every issue, I and mean, they don't come out quite as often as other books do. I mean, there's only issue four of the Fade Out, and uh, I was surprised by that to see how low the number was when I when I saw it, but because um, I feel like I've been reading it longer than four months. But I love it. The, you know, it's it's Sean Phillips who is his uh, sleeper compadre, and the art is great. The only thing I do find distracting is now that I know that everyone he draws is pretty much um, based on a real person. I get distracted by that, trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. But but that's not a huge problem. That's probably the only. Th- and I'm grasping for a straw here <laughs> to right. say something negative about the book <laughs> or critical. But uh, that's the only problem with this book, which is not a major problem. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm I'm a huge Sean Phillips fan. I have been for a long time, and he's actually working with a slightly different kind of style here. It's almost 
I don't know. It's different than his previous work. It's almost a little smoother and rounder around the sides, but also more chunky with the brush, if that's possible. At the same, there's time. a there's a gorgeous page of the of the memory that the yeah. screenwriter has, where it's almost it's it looks like uh, airbrushed almost. Yeah. The bombers. And, no, no, no. I'm talking about when he remembers the girl smoking the oh, cigarette. Right. I love that page. I like I like the body language and the sort of them sitting next to each other, and it was beautiful. And, it's just like, whoa, where did that come from? So it, it's a gorgeous looking book. Um, you know, Brubaker's, this is, he loves to draw, he loves to write this stuff. This is his, this is yeah. his milieu. And, and if you like Golden Age of Hollywood, I mean, this book is almost about Hollywood as much as it is about this mysterious murder. Oh, sure. And, 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 and also a version of, of Hollywood. Like, you know, this is where right. we're talking about the studio system at a time. And this is a very different. Uh, Hollywood than, than sort of the the one that we know now or the one that exists in the eighties. This is a this is a version of that, you know, glamour factory, which is uh, how I learned about it in film school. Uh, you know, they're trying to present this sort of facade of glamour, uh, and and then what was really going on behind it. Uh, you know, yeah, and how the studios ran at all the ran everything in town, uh, which they still pretty much do, but more overtly and. Way, yeah, and how everything was completely manufactured, which it still kind of is, but well, the uh, in mean, a much difference. more controlled way, much more, much more systematic way than it is the now. Main, if you if you if you want your your lesson, I guess in media, the, one of the main differences between then and now is uh, is the mogul system, and and the mogul system would be, you know, now all of the studios are owned by giant conglomerates that have shareholders and boards and blah blah blah. Back then, you know, the studios were usually run by a person, a mogul, whether they were a Warner of Jack the Warner, Warner Brothers family. Or, or you know, there was Lou Wasserman who was just put in charge, maybe involved with the mob. I don't know. I'm not saying it one way or another. But like, there was a guy, and that guy sort of ran everything. In this, you know, story, that guy, you know, he he gets the women and he does what he wants with them until they're destroyed. And you know, that that's been a major factor in this story. And so it's a different, it's a just a different feel of, of a thing yeah. that happened. Um, just just to, to touch real quickly again on on Sean Phillips, I think. As we as we as we go through these years and years of talking about comics and thinking about what we really like about them, there's a there's a style that is sort of there's a couple of things that I like, um, and this like like you see if you look at Sean Phillips's work, you can see where the brush was. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's it's the same thing with like like Gabe Hardman is another one of those where like you yeah. just see like he just he plops the brush down in a way and and it's clearly a a brush mark, you know, but yeah. it, it just works so well and and. This guy's been doing it for so long that I mean the book is the book is beautiful. Like that's that's a style that I love. It. Chris Somney's another example of that. His is a really smooth and refined version of that. But it's the same thing. Whereas like like Sean Phillips, it it's almost messy, but also everything exactly where it's supposed to be. Michael Lark is another one where he's a little mm-hmm. more photorealistic version of it. But I really I love this, and it's this kind of style that um this is the kind of thing that you don't get as much at like at like in like a Marvel book. You'll see no. them every once in a while, but they won't stick around like this. And you don't get to see them do a huge. And when you think about like how much Sean Phillips we've gotten to read, and and he's you know he's still doing it. Like he uh, he's one of the best storytellers too. Uh, and uh, God, it's a good look. At the, and even like like that cover. Look at look at that cover. Like it's a great cover. Little, oh, the painting and the. Uh. The most important lesson is if you get invited back to the table with Bogey and Houston, mm-hmm. you go. I mean, you yeah. go. You go. If Clark Gable says, "Hey, I'm smoking cigars with Bogey and Jack and Jack Houston," go. John Houston. John Houston. Sorry. I think maybe it was John Houston and not John Ford who was uh, who's doing the the documentaries. Now that I think about it. Well, sorry. It's, uh, I'm disappointed in you. Well, 
I, I wasn't actually a film. We're still major. getting we're still getting back up to speed, you know. That's true. That's my excuse for everything. Did you so that the, I this okay. this was my pick of the week also, by the way. Okay, yeah. Uh, I figured actually. Um, yeah. Did you read Ant Man? Yes. Did you like Ant Man? I did like Ant Man. This is the new book from Nick Spencer, late of Superior Foes, which Paul and Josh loved so much. Um, Do you not? Read it? I. No, I, I read the first six or seven, and I felt I, I have them. I just haven't. Yeah. I haven't had found time to finish them. Um, I liked it. I think the problem is I don't really care about Scott Lang. Mm-hmm. You know, like he came along at a time that I wasn't really reading. Like his whole thing happened before I was into anything. No, it was when you were doing. It was just we weren't reading those books. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was. It was when Kirkman was at Marvel. No, no, no. But that was yeah, but he came in right. But he came in after that. But he did. He was the dead. Redeemable Ant Man, which is a different. Yeah, but character. he and then well, that's why when Scott Lang was dead, then he came back after that. So we were okay. you were still you were reading com. I mean, you were reading comics. I wasn't reading when he first came around. He was that's when Hawkeye died. Okay, not like that. And then and then he was gone for Kirkman's book, and then he came back after. So you were around when he came back. So just one of the books you were reading. Here's what I thought about this. I liked it a lot. As uh, a a piece of work, I suppose. I yeah, thought, it was really I thought Nick Spencer did a really good job at 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 building up a character who I don't really know anything about in in terms of introduction, but also having him exist in this world and having a history and and uh, you know, it's funny because his daughter is is the Young Avengers Cassie stature, and it I feel feels like they like really that, de-aged her in this book. Yeah, it feels like that's not Some a thing in this book. Well, um. I saw him on Twitter say she still has her powers, but she was in middle school in this book, and I thought she was, a, like, as a young Avenger, like, high school, like a 16-year-old. I thought, I thought he wrote a really good Tony Stark. I liked the scenes in the apartment. I liked the whole deal with it. Um, and here's the rub, though. At the end, I kind of felt like, well, what did we do all that for? Mm-hmm. Was it just to get to know him? Because if the plot is to get you well, back whole, to yeah, none of the what happened. The whole story is that Scott Lang is trying to get the job of head of security at Stark in which whatever subsidiary it was, he the joke was about, um, and he's got uh, he's up against a bunch of other like D list heroes, including I think the Beetle who was in Superior Foes. Was that was was that what she was yeah. in? Yeah. And so the whole issue is is a heist of him trying to break into because that's the final test as to who can break in and get this you know get this information out of Stark Enterprises or Industries Industries or whatever. And uh, so that's the whole issue. And finally, he does it. And then when he gets when he does win the job, he. He has to give it up because his ex-wife is taking Cassie to Florida from, from New York. She moved to Miami, so he decides to move with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't really want to read about a story in Florida <laughs> about a down in his luck superhero in Florida. I don't know. Yeah, not really interested. It's a li- yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I, at the same time, I thought that I thought that all of the emotional beats and everything rang true. Yeah, it was good. If anything, it was only the only thing like the like the ex-wife was a little one-dimensional, which seems to be a thing that's happening in good comics lately. Because you read Birthright, uh, you know, and, and, and some of that stuff. Like, it's a little... Oh, look. Look. Mm-hmm. They are bad. They're evil. That's what I've learned about ex-wives through media in my, in my media yeah, exactly. reading. I don't have an ex-wife, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just... I, wouldn't, I wanted to keep reading the book where he was the head of security at Stark. I did, too. That's the book I want to read. Yeah. I, no, I agree, um, and that, that is totally what I came out with because I was like, okay, I like this. This is interesting. This uh, the guy who's over his head in a job that you know has he has a eccentric boss and and he and really much needs- and and he's he's not that kind of person. You know, he's mm-hmm. he lives in a horrible yes. one room apartment, and he 
he you know he's a, he's a down and out guy and now he's now he's flying high with a bunch of people who it's you know that's what I was interested in and you know continuing the down and out story in in Miami is not really what I'm curious about but yeah well I I'm, assume you know I mean you have you have to assume that the reason that they did that was I guess that's what the movie I haven't watched the trip well the movie it's in the movies in San Francisco okay um but uh, this was a I mean this was a but I don't want to discount it was a good comic it was, it was really well drawn i liked the art a lot um if you like ant-man it, i think you'll probably like this book if you like superior foes i'm sure you'll like this book i think tonally it seemed some, somewhat similar yeah uh it's very funny and so i just don't the prem, premise wise i'm not really so much interested in, in the main character and that kind of thing but uh and, what, and also like when he says it's funny like it's not it's not funny like like superior foes was right at all it's not, it doesn't have that tone uh, that's sort of like you know what you know what kind of annoyed me was he's kind of dumb. I like that. Scott Lang. They never and I was are. like, ah, like you know, like <sighs> I don't know, really interested in reading about a dumb guy. I liked him better than Eric O'Grady. I never liked that character. I don't think I ever read a comic with Eric O'Grady, and so I couldn't. You didn't read the like? Did you read the Irredeemable one? I didn't read that series. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I never really liked Ant Man. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't really have in any in any, in any any incarnation. It's funny. I saw somebody comment uh, the other day, like like, man, uh, Michael Douglas really really nailed Hank Pym, and I was like, I couldn't tell you what Hank Pym is, and I've been reading comics a long time, a lot of Hank Pym comics. I can tell you what he is, but that'll start a flame war. No, I mean, but even so, like that's just one way to tell the story about him. Like, there's not like a definitive Hank Pym. Like, there's a bunch right. of. Like he's a pretty malleable character because there's not there's not like a single. Fairly certain he's going to be playing Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. That's what I'm fairly uh-huh. certain about. So I'm excited because I like Michael Douglas. But anyway, I just you know whatever. It wasn't there wasn't. I thought if the book had ended ten pages earlier, I would have been really happy with it, but <laughs> it didn't. So, um, Birthright number four. I, I, I'm still loving this book, and now that we're sort of into the meat of the story, it's 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 getting interesting. Yeah, and what do you I actually think? do. I, I was a little harsh on it. They do have a moment where they they sort of add a little dimension to the ex-wife. You know, she's trying to be the responsible one, and blah blah. And, and trust me, that happens. Uh, that's difficult. <laughs> uh, I will. The reason that this book is on this list right now to talk about it because it's true. Um, we we have talked about it a lot, and we've sort of uh, covered a lot of bases with it. But there's a moment in this book that I was really really impressed with, and it's when they go into the store and the and the kid. The giant mm. barbarian kid has a rage fight, and uh, and the and the woman behind the desk is like, "Yeah, my son was like that when he got back too." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's brilliant!" Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a PTSD story, and I just thought that that's a really simple. And they didn't like hammer it in or anything, like, but it's a really simple, effective way to sort of frame the context of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked that because it takes a thing that's completely whacked out. And it, and it totally grounds it. Again, if they if they labor that point into the ground, which it didn't look like they did at all, uh, that'll be uh, silly. But um, I really like that moment. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, that was a way for him to cover the giant raging barbarian was to go with the idea that he was a vet. But um, then, uh, I, I like this. I also like that the fact that the the guy, the father, mm-hmm. uh, in his phone, it's not the ex wife, it's the wife. Yeah, which was yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so I mean that they are they are broken up and but it's interesting that he didn't he didn't change that and the the they, photo of her is a, is a still their family photo so clearly there's yeah 
I like there's there's lots of interesting layers going on here. And also the cop that she's dating is kind of a dick. So Yeah, no, he totally is. But then there's the other bit where like the brother says he's like, Yeah, dad's not good at listening. (laughs) He's not his turn to talk, and I was like, That's like he's like like Josh Williamson has really built up some excellent uh family dynamics here. Yeah, no one no one is except for the I guess the older brother who was now the the younger brother, um is sort of all good. Yeah, but we don't even and, know that. Yeah, which was so far, so far. And then I, I think he has to be. I don't think you can. Josh, all children right are perfect angels. Trust until me. their souls are corrupted. Oh, no, they learn to lie quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the thing is, they're terrible at it for a while. They're, they're little like, con yeah. artists. Um, and then the, the 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 I guess the last thing that I liked um, is that uh, the father and the other son uh, were witness. To the magic part, so well now, now they we know that have, this is not right. Now we don't have to deal with that. We don't have to, you know. God, really, guys, it's happening. Like, sure, sure, they're gonna follow him along. That's that's out of the way. Okay, so this is a real thing, and they can all just accept it and then move on with the story like that. Totally cool with that too. Yeah. So um, they like they confront the first person he's been tracking. We know them to be good. He 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 uh, tells them he's evil, and they have a confrontation. So that's this is good. This yeah, book is good, the, and I'm always or excited. Or the parlance, uh, for people who need to understand it, they found the first piece of the broadcast energy transmitter. Right. That's how the BET. Yeah. <laughs> it's the BET story model um, that is, that is uh, basically all of uh, movie and TVs now. That's, that's when fine. the snake eyes come in. You know what always annoyed me as a kid watching G.I. Joe was, um, and we'll get to war stories in a minute. This is, this is the connective <laughs> tissue to the next book, is that... Uh, <laughs> you know, in the, when you're reading the comics, Snake Eyes is the main character. He's the hero of the comic. And then in the cartoon, it was Stupid Duke with did his yellow flat the, top. Did you read the comics before you, you watched the I was cartoon? concurrent. Or, okay. You know. See, I never read the comics. I didn't read the comics until I was in my 20s. I read, um, the, so. I read the comics in kindergarten. I really That's right. Read. Reading about Vietnam in kindergarten. Yeah, you, that was not a good idea. I remember distinctly passing around G.I. Joe 26, the Snake Eyes origin issue in the in the cafeteria at kindergarten, and that was the issue where it was mostly taking place in Vietnam. That was too much for us in 1982. Uh, but um, that annoyed me because as a kid, and Alex, you know, Snake Eyes is the best. And then in the broadcast energy transmitter story, he's barely in it, and even Spirit gets more play than Snake Eyes does. And I like Spirit. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. Spirit is cool. I think that but, the animators had a hard time with the dude with no voice because so much of it is laid down ahead of time. In voice tracks, they had to celebrate the Aryan, is what I'm saying, and that leads us to War Stories number four. Spirit wasn't anyway. No, Duke. Oh no, that's they even good. gave they even gave Duke Scarlet. All right, so now War Stories number four. This is the fourth issue. This is the, the uh, first new story arc. This is part one of three of Children of Israel. Is the All subtitle I can see Snake Eyes dancing at that party right now? <laughs> the wolf <laughs> and uh, that wolf could dance, man. You're right, Timber. So what's interesting about these War Stories books, and I, I know, Josh, you, you, of course, absolutely caught up over the break and now are, are current on War Stories, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Just so we establish that you're a fraud. Okay. So um, the <laughs> War Stories oh, going on? series through various publishers has been 95% about World War II, right? I think, there's been, I think there was a World War I story in there. But for the most part, it was World War II story. So this issue opens in uh, Warsaw, 1939. A little boy from the from town 
is fascinated by the German tank and the German tank driver, you know, lets him lets him climb on the tank and lets him look around. He looks on the inside, he talks to the tank drivers, and then the commander comes over and says, "Get him off because he's a Jewish kid and he can't be around the tank." Flash forward to October 1973, and now we're in the Yom Kippur War. So now this is an, what's interesting is it's a totally different, almost contemporary story. This is the Arab-Israeli War. Many names this, this war went by, but this was the war between of when Egypt and Syria uh, tried to invade Israel. And so um, this, now it's about this kid growing up, and he's his own tank commander. And this, this issue actually is the night before the war starts. It's him and his tank crew just on their defensive position, sort of. Some of them are bored, you know, because they're not doing, really doing anything. And then, and then the invasion happens on the last page. So it's actually... I love his World War II stuff, but this, it was actually really interesting to go, oh, so now we're looking at something completely different, uh, which is yeah, fun. That's, a very, that, that's very true. We haven't even, I mean, we've all, they've all been the standard war. Right. You know, they've been. Uh, have, you know who's have, good, you know who's bad. Have they all been World War II? I'm pretty sure there's a World War I story in there. I'm pretty sure. But I think it's been 99% World War II stories. Yeah, because there were so many fronts. Not that there's not a lot of World <laughs> War I to do. There's. There's one thing I really miss, and I don't know if this is a digital uh, thing or if it's in the paper version, but he, he used to do a little one-page essay on what he was writing about. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And like when he did the the, he remember when it was with Dynamite and he did the um, Night Witches. There was like one-page thing where he wrote about the Night Witches in like a prose piece. Kind of, yeah. Um, sort of explained the background of of what what the story was, and that those haven't been in these Avatar stories, although I, although I don't know if they're in the the paper versions or not. But uh, I always enjoyed his prose, prose writing on the war. But um, yeah. this is good. And I think if you're a War Stories fan and we're looking for something slightly different than what you normally get from Garth Ennis, uh, I, I was enthralled. I didn't really love the first arc of this, but this issue was fantastic. Hmm. So I recommend it highly. For, and I don't know much about this war. I actually had to look it up. After, uh, I actually stopped in the middle and realized this was not going to flash back to World War II again. So I was like, shit, I better figure this out. So I did some Googling and read about the war and then continued to read about the... I mean, I knew about the war. I've heard of it. I knew. I just didn't know the details of it. Cause. For a lot of people, that's going to feel like too much work. But for you... For you and me, man, that's the shit. Yeah, that, that's the shit. I could do it more World War I stories. I've learned a lot about that. I don't want to read any World War I stories. It's, it's apparently uh, quite bad. It's, butcher it's not shop. the place you wanted to be. None of those places. Are places be be. My that one is when, like the top. When I when my when my wife asked me a stupid question, then I explained to her the difference between World War One and all the wars that came before it, and like like halfway through the explanation, I think I just I sound like an idiot right now, and she doesn't care. She's I'm, mentally I, going through her Rolodex of divorce yeah, lawyers. Yeah, no, she's just like she's checked out. I'm like mechanized warfare. Is one of the, <laughs> the, the trench warfare. No, no, the trenches bad. were only part of it. By by 1917, the trenches weren't even the factor. The mud was a problem. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So that was uh, War Stories number four from Avatar and Garth Ennis, and uh, I loved it. It was fantastic. And if you all like comics about war but never read any of Garth Ennis' war stories who was, were published at Vertigo and, and in DC and then at uh, Dynamite for a while and now at Avatar, you can find those old collections uh, anywhere. And if you, We'd prefer you get them at ifanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find a little link to Amazon proper. And it takes you there. And, and any piece of your, a little piece of your sale goes to us. And we appreciate everyone who did that over the holidays. Many, many, many of you did. And we appreciate that. That's how we keep the lights on. That's how we keep Josh in World War II books, World War I books. All comes through the Amazon account. Josh siphons off a little off the top himself, takes a little beak, 
take puts Wes's beak a little bit and take buys Gotta his books. Need my so. beaver. Need my beaver. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, it's that a was a historian joke. joke. Wow, good one. <laughs> I was like, I did, hope you read, did you read the DNA book? No, not yet. I've I have oh, I have carried that book with me across the country multiple times. Yes, but, I'm actually looking at it across the hall, the room at, on the bookshelf. I read it late last year, and it, it was good. Yeah, no, I've I've no doubt. I'm just I'm in the middle of this this uh, history of the Civil War audiobook. It's okay. it's quite extensive. I see. It's, All right. Uh, well, it's Shelby Foot. You can also get that at ifanboy.com/slash/amazon. Anything you want, we appreciate everyone who does that. Ifanboy.com/slash/registration is where. You can become an iFanboy member for three bucks a month or thirty bucks a year. And all of you people, you wonderful people, as we start the new year, we thank everyone who did that last year and everyone who will do it going forward. Uh, it makes iFanboy possible. So let's move on now to a book about shitting your pants. Deadly class number ten is about shitting your pants. That's all I had. No. <laughs> <laughs> um I think that uh that I liked this because it was sort of the the moment where the like the you know the the protagonist whose name I totally I can't remember any character's names ever that's a problem but like you know he he's finally starting to feel good about himself and he makes a bad choice and you know he's well he's a teenage boy teenage boys I, are I stupid. know I know and I don't even think it's the necessarily the wrong choice but you know like he's got no he can't he can't control it I don't the, I know, don't I don't fault him for his choice Let's they don't just ha- say no that. I, I well yeah you wouldn't but you know, they have to go on this raid and. He makes the two girls angry, and the, both of the girls are killers. So you're, it's difficult. Well, they're angry because he slept with. He's dating one. He slept with the other. Yeah, that's why they're angry. It'll happen. But he was yeah. also. He's also like what, fifteen, sixteen. So, yeah, you know, no one's thinking straight at that age. Yeah, but then he handed. A, he had. He had to poop. <laughs> it, uh, it was, we spent an inordinate amount of time on that part. That was my only real note on this issue. You know? Well, I mean, it, it's probably the most extensive uh, diarrhea page. It's two pages. Two pages of pooping. Well, let's see. Well, okay, we'll, we'll go three pages if you count the... Uh, three, and then there's a fallout. Yeah, yeah. The point you is, they've been, tracking, down they've, been tracking, yeah, they've been tracking this dude, especially in the comic book community. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been tracking this dude, the ex-student from their school who had killed people and they're finally going to make their raid in his place and kill him and his friends, and, and it goes very, very badly. So I, I, that part was great. This book continues to be great. Wes Craig continues to be awesome. It just was. It was. It was more diarrhea than I was expecting from a comic. That's what I, no, I dug into like, my books this week. I feel like you may be being a little bit, you know, a little, uh, uh, little too sensitive. No one expects the diarrhea or the Spanish Inquisition in their comics. Wow. The soft cushion. That's what he could have used. Uh, with the soft cushion. It's the thing, though, is that like because it's a high school book, uh, you know, I like the juxtaposition of the two worst things that can happen: are you're killed by your psycho ex girlfriend who cheated on, or you shit yourself in front of a bunch of people. Now, well, you I mean, take, you're right. It's high school books. So it's all about humiliation, right, and uh, and, and angst. So I get those that. Two I told- things are equal, really, to the to the 16 year old mind. Right. Uh, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't live down either one. No. No. One time I was taking a final in anyway. Um, <laughs> I have forgotten. So there you go. Caught me. Oh, <laughs> Hellboy, the BPRG. I'm just saying I had to make a choice. <laughs> Hellboy, and we've all we all we all make choices. 
Hellboy, the BPRD number two ninety fifty two. Is that what this is? Is that what how yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's how they wrote it? It's 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 in. If you look on the Diamond preview, it's Hellboy and the BPRD number two, nineteen fifty two. Someone needs to go down or up to where they in Portland? Where's Dark yeah. Horse these days? Go there and start shaking people because their numbering system is stupid. Just shake them, take them by the shoulders and shake them. Okay, either way, regardless, uh, point is, this is the best BPRD slash Hellboy series I have read in quite a few years. Um, This is the first adventure of of Hellboy going out with a team of BPRD guys, and they go to this, uh, I think they're in Mexico, trying to investigate a demon who's out killing people. And and the guys on the BPRD team, like like we're so used to seeing stories where like they love Hellboy. These guys don't like him. They don't know why he's there. He doesn't have anything to do. He doesn't understand what to do. And then at the end, there's a fantastic cliffhanger. Uh, it's really it's really interesting and it's good. And I I really like seeing Hellboy in this context. We've only ever seen him in gung ho kick ass form or little kid form, and this is actually right. a real story of in between. And it's is it's, he a hindrance? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, kind of like they. Well, they don't. They're not used to having him, so they don't need him. So you know, anything. Anytime you add something to something, that works. It's like, well, what am I going to do with this? Is he any good at what? Is he any good at? We don't know yet. Doing stuff. No, and we don't know yet. Like he kind of gets into a little bit of a fight in this one, but you know, he doesn't win. So mm. no, it's it's a really cool sort of that you know middle position to be in or, or early, I guess. Um, right. And it's just, and it's just drawn really well, and it's a, it's a good book. I like it. Go get it. Good. Okay. Justice League three thousand number thirteen. Now, what's I funny about this book is thirteen issues of this. I dropped off of it after like seven, six or seven. I does I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I was reading a lot of books, so they, they keep adding more image books. So I got something's got to give. And so I dropped out, even though I did like it's, it's Giffen and Demetrius and Howard Porter. So it's like sort of a multi generational Justice League all star team, and it's about uh, clones in the future in the year three thousand people who have been. They've taken the old Justice League DNA and they've cloned new versions of these characters. And it's kind of funny because they're, it's them, but it's not them. They don't have the upbringing. The, Superman can't fly, but he keeps forgetting that. So he keeps jumping out windows. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> and uh, so uh, what reason why I came back was because they, they had brought back Blue Beetle and Booster Gold from the old Giffen and D. Matias books. So it's these pre-52 characters – and they were in cryo for, cryostasis or, you know, comic book science doesn't really matter. The point is they were discovered and now they've been woken up in the year 3000. And those, they were always the best characters in the, in the Giffen and Demetrius Justice League run anyway. And in this issue, now they've found Ice, who was also a character from back then because she's an immortal ice god. And apparently we're bringing back fire. So slowly but surely they're, they're bringing in all these pre-reboot characters into these into this book which is interesting to me uh i think it's because it's set in the future no one really cares and who's going to tell keith giffen not to do something so vaudeville right so i can't not hear that in my head every time i I see his name um it's been it's it's, long enough now that most people listening probably don't know that was the first time we ever interviewed keith giffen on the video show we were talking about this his old run and he said they were just doing vaudeville and um it's 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 a fun book. I don't know what's going on because I missed all those issues. Some of those, they're apparently locked in a battle with Etrigan the Demon, so that's cool. But that's I just find it I find it interesting. That, I like the premise of the idea of these clone these clone heroes, and the Flash kept dying, so they have to have to reclone the Flash, and now it's a girl. Um, I I I like that part, and I like 
the te- creative team, and I like bringing back these old characters. I just find it fascinating that they're allowed to do this because you know, no. Although they're doing it in this this transition uh, story that we're going to see when DC moves offices, but I just find that's interesting that they're they're allowed to play with those characters. Yeah, I think those guys are like they're like kind of like royalty. They can do whatever they want. Which is as long as it, it you eventually you have to sell books. I don't know how to sell. I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. So, but I just, I just, you know, it's been a year. It's respectable. That's fine. And we'll we'll see how many characters they can bring back before the book gets canceled or someone stops them. Well, all right. That's always the that's always the good good indicator. This was a this was a small week of comics. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I didn't have a ton to read. So that's all the I books we want to talk about. Yeah. There were other books we read. We just had nothing to say about them. Some might argue we had nothing to say about the previous books. Some, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that had nothing to do with it. I don't think anyone can deny that. I, I'm that's, not, maybe I, that's you know, our fault. Every, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Doesn't we mean it's right. We all make choices. <laughs> so go to fmway.com. You can find the post in this show, and you can talk about other books we didn't, we didn't talk about and Swingers or Swingers is 18 years old. <laughs> I know, but I just watched it again the other day, and it's still very funny. It's a good script. It really is, especially if you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. and you you pick up on things now that you didn't typically before. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, Made was uh, not a good movie. It, it took me, I think, five years to get the Age of Enlightenment joke. <laughs> Seriously, I I'd watch wow. him go. I don't understand what he's saying, and then it finally clicked. I was like, Oh, you could have him at any time. He wants from the Age of Enlightenment. Yeah, it's a specific joke. It's a very specific, it's a good joke. Once I just didn't get it for a long time. It's not a good I'm, joke I'm, in that context, though. No, that's the point. Voltaire. <laughs> that was a good joke in that context. All right. Let's ad. let's do a bunch of emails because uh What the hell? Why not? We're in charge. Hey, all right. Sam writes in says, Hey fanboy, I've been a lot of these emails are a little older. We're going to the backlog. So there you go, just in case. We had a lot of we had a lot in the backlog. Yeah. Uh, hey, fanboy, I've really been enjoying the Miracle Man reprints, uh, but during our brief thinking session, three and a half hours, nothing major. Good nice work, Sam. Yep. Let's just let me take a moment. Okay. I realize that you've not mentioned them. Are you getting any of them? Are you, I've never read the original versions, but I've also been struck by the production of the books in general. Art recoloring, original pencils, removing Moore's name are all really interesting. I know you did a video show on their content way back when, and I just wondered if you were rereading these. No. No. But that that's not the end. I guess that that isn't that isn't I mean like the the question <laughs> Next is Next email. No, I mean that like 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 it came No, up. why are why aren't you rereading them? Why? Well, I mean, my well, first answer all, is them. We, right. We read them, and it wasn't all that long ago, and I don't think we like them that much. No, I, I, I disagree. I I think we're very. I like them, but I like them, I, but it wasn't like I came away and I thought this is amazing. It was one version of the story that Moore told a bunch of times, and he didn't tell it as well as he did with Watchmen. I, I think I it's mean, a different like, story, but um, it's a theme, though. It's a it's a deconstruction of of a trope and, and it's a thing and for whatever reason I like I was kind of I think it's like the thing sometime that originates the thing gets copied so many times after that that when you go back to the original version it's not as strong because it doesn't exist with that originality I think that that happens I was I just had a really good example of this I mean I guess it'd be one of those things where like if you if you had somebody sit down and watch an episode of like All in the Family right now, it would feel like it was really cliched, except it was the thing that made up all the cliches. I well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I say that for you. For me, it's about the other stuff. It's like, 
I don't want to read it recolored. I don't want to read it with Elwar's name off of it. I don't, you know, like. No, that, I agree with that stuff too. But, but you know, like I, I've read. I have. Are, I've, someone has read. Who ended up with those original issues? I have some of them. Anyway, I've read them. I read almost. I've read probably ninety percent of the of them originally, and I might. I'll think about getting a collection when it finally comes out, but I don't need to read them month to month. I've already I read them. I don't think I do have them. Probably Ron, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We should find. Or ransack his house. Oh, they're not worth. I'm gonna be up there. Be, I guess. Gonna be, I don't care. I'm gonna be up there this weekend. I'm gonna ransack it. You should um, ransack it anyway. It's not very big. You can ransack it in 20 minutes. So, so um, my my thing is, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to read it month to month. A book I've already read. So I'll, I, I do. Would things, like, I would like to have a collection of it, but I also don't necessarily want a Marvelized collection of it. Yeah, those things are not. Uh, uh, those are not value adds. I suppose. I don't like that they took Alan Moore's name off. And even if he wants his name off of it, like I'd rather read it in the context that it came out with, because I think that's. Much What's inter- interesting to me is that they they did all these things to change it, but they didn't change the name back to the original name, which was changed only because of them in the first place. Because originally the character was That's Marvel heavy. Man, but they originally the character was Marvel Man, but they had to change it because Mar- of Marvel, and so now Marvel owns it, but they didn't change it back to Marvel Man. It's just interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I'm not getting them. I've read yeah, them. I don't know the point. I guess enough. There's enough stuff coming out that like. I but most people haven't read them. That's why the, that that's no, the point. I, the point is I, no, and I totally get that, and they should. But it's also, I think, interesting to under you know sort of read them in that historical context. Well, you know what's interesting yeah. is I do remember that show that we did uh, the video show on uh, Miracle Man. You can probably still find that somewhere on the internet. And uh, I remember predicting at the end that that we wouldn't be received. Like it, it, no one talks about them. No one talks about them. No, no one, one talks, talks about, about them. them. And that's kind of pretty much the prediction we made on the show because, as you said before, uh, they've been the combination of they were the ones. This was one of the books that started everything. But also, for years and years and years, this was the book. Right? It wasn't available anywhere. You couldn't buy it, uh, and it was like this holy grail book that was spoken in harsh, hushed tones. A miracle man. It was uh, something you had to hunt like Indiana Jones. And and I knew that once people actually read it. They probably wouldn't live up to the t- t- decades-long hype that was generated from these outside elements, and I think that's probably what's happened. Also, the people who would be interested in it as a as a piece of work that exists in the place and time that it did probably found a way to read it before. Mm-hmm. So the people who are left, who are waiting for it to be reprinted, they might be enjoying it. I guess I, that's that's sort of presumptive, but I, I feel like you know, like the. The real scholars of the art form or whatever, like those people, you know, or the self-styled scholars, they're, they're going to be the ones who are already would have gone out and found it and read it, and, you know. Right. They had they had so those conversations already. It's not – they did the birth issue already, and I didn't see anybody say anything. Right. And there was – I mean, the rape, the, the male, you know, the superhero, yeah. superhero rape issue. I mean, like they, that's none of, it's, none of it's been talked about. This book was talked about more when you couldn't get it. Yeah. Now that you can get it, no one talks about it. Yeah. It was, that says something. So, it was so bleak. It was really like, ugh. <laughs> this next email, I'm going to blame you on, Josh. This, okay. is, this is just, just be prepared. Aaron writes and says, hey, I'm, uh, I love the show, but I'm not much of a comic book reader. I love Watchmen and Craig Thompson's books, Ellipses, Ellipses, Ellipses. Could you guys recommend one really good comic that is well worth my money? I'd love to buy a great comic this holiday season. He does not specify. Maybe it's the Arbor Day Era. It's President's Day season. President, We've got President, some time. Valentine's Day to President's Day. That era. I'm sorry, Aaron. He, maybe he's I've, a teacher. He's got that week off. Josh has failed you. 
And I'm sorry so, that. Uh, yes. Well, hold on. Now let's let's determine. Let's let's uh, let's agree on terms. All right. One really good comic. Just what one. does that mean? Yeah, what does man. comic mean? Uh, volume? A series of volumes? An issue? Well, he's he. I from what I can from. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sherlock Holmes on this. I'm going Sherlock Holmes on this. He's talking about Watchmen. He's talking about Craig Thompson's books, and he's not a much of a comic reader, which tells me he is like most people in that he, he interfaces in, with comic books through collections. Yes. He doesn't go to the comic store on Wednesday. Doesn't download a book of comics algae. He buys Walking Dead in volumes, as most people who read Walking Dead do. Mm-hmm. So let's find a OGN. Uh, one story and one volume that he can. What's the what's if we had to tell him one one OGN to buy? What would it be? I want to not say superheroes. It's got to be worth his money, Josh. Because he's Keep already that. read The Watchmen. So if we're talking about a one story kind of thing, I mean, you're. I'm gonna also answer. say I'm gonna I'm gonna say no box office poison. Oh, I wouldn't have said that. Based right, on well, you always used based to on say Craig that. Thompson. So it's still it's still one of my. One of my favorite books of all time, but I wouldn't have said that. I mean, the thing is, it can be so many things that would be perfect. What about oh, bang for your buck? Like Essex County is in one volume. That's a lot of bang for your buck. That's it's basically far, three volumes. That's too far to one side of this uh, continuum, though. Okay. So on one side you have the Watchmen, which is the great deconstructionist work that that broke down everything that superheroes was to the extent that they didn't really need to do anymore. Right. Everything but they did. That was an also rant. And then on the one side is sort of the, the Craig Thompson is sort of the big autobio guy. Right. So what exists that's in between there? I mean, now you, you could you need you could, a deconstructed autobiography of a superhero. Uh, I was going to say, I mean like uh, all-star Superman. That's mm. one of the first things that came to my mind. That is actually a very good combination of the two. Mm-hmm. I don't it's, know. It's superhero, it, but it's the it's the opposite. It's 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 almost like a reaction to Watchmen. And he, it's, he wrote the Watchman, so maybe that's a different it's, thing. It's very personal, like Craig Thompson's book. I I, I can see why people would think that I'm, I'm stretching it with that, but I feel like if you're Talking about the marriage of a superhero, deconstructed modern superhero book and a personal story about a, of a about a human being, I think that's a good because at, at its heart, also Superman is a personal story about Superman. I mean, the, almost the, the, the amazing things he does is almost uh, background noise to the actual story. So I kind of, I kind of want. I'm just gonna we're gonna say a couple things. That's the first thing that came to mind. So you, that's you a good one. That came to mind. You kind of blew me away with that one. Okay. Um. You could. I think you could also I had use joke the new frontier in that same, but I think I think Superman's a better option. <clears throat> well, that new frontier is a good. And are you just going down the list of like your absolute editions? What are you doing? No, no, I'm um, not even in that room. I wish I was, and I do not have the All <laughs> Superman one. I have the uh, new frontier is really good if you want sort of of your more traditional superhero, and, like and the, there, best, the, I, the best, the best it could be. That's why I said it because I think it's that story. And that that makes it sound like we don't like traditional but we obviously don't. We obviously do. But that's like the the best that you could find of like the traditional. And whenever anybody asks me for like a really good superhero story, it's always in fact I just a couple of months ago recommended it to somebody. Like I still constantly recommend it. It's like the best pure superhero story. Yeah. And you'll be able to recommend uh, it forever, timelessly. Yeah. Um 
Um, I wish I, would, I, I wish Aaron had given us some more information on what kind of stories. No, he I like this. I like this. I uh, part of me part of me wanted to say Bone because it's a whole. Mm, I still never thing. read Bone. It's a whole other kind of thing. It's like it's, it's like pure cartooning. It's a huge epic yeah. story done in in a style that seems to be antithetical to that. Um, you know, it's sort of like it starts off. It feels kind of light and silly, and it just it gets bigger. You know, as you keep going. Um, and then, of course, uh, the other part of me wants to say um, volumes one through nine of Preacher. Well, there you go. I, I really, like, like if, if if I wasn't limiting myself to one book, that'd be my first answer because that is neither of the things, and it's it's the uh, it's the other uh, you know out of the last twenty thirty years, it's the other great uh, work in my. Well, opinion. I kind of want to say the Dark Knight then because returns because if you love Watchmen, mm-hmm. those you're talking about the two those are the two books that set. The course for all superhero comics that have come since. Yeah. I mean, it's just in the same track. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Does The Dark Knight Returns work without having a context for Batman? I, th- I, I think everyone has a context for Batman, though. That's a good point. But it's always a different context, which is interesting. Yeah, but it's just the, I mean, the basic context of who Batman is. I think everyone now, has that now. And the other question is, is Dark Knight Returns... It was at one point sort of the ultimate end extreme version of Batman. But now, mm-hmm. is it that, but in the context of the time period with which it existed? I think so, because... The Watchmen definitely is that now. I know someone who just read it for the first time recently and loved it. Yeah, I don't think it loses anything, but... I mean, I mean that's the thing, is that you, you worry if it's too of a time and place, but I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I, you know what's funny is that most all those things that we... I mean, like New Frontier is is definitely of a time. It's nineteen sixty two, three. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, um, well, so is Dark Knight. Yeah, it's very eighties. I mean, I think you yeah, can. No, no, st- I think you can enjoy it, and you obviously you can if you have if you didn't live through that time period. But I think if you did, about, it's even more. Okay, I mean, what about this? Cool. Would you recommend Batman Year One over that? Mm, good question. Um... No, simply just going off what he liked already. Okay. I would recommend it in conjunction, read one and then the other. But uh, if I was just going to offer him one, I would. I'm always going to say Dark Knight over your your one, just by a nose. I just that's the one I prefer over the other. But I think we've given him some good options. Yeah, some single volume ones, some larger things to do. Like if you like, if you if you go read Dark Knight Returns, you're like, man, I could use some more of that. You can go read uh, Batman Year One. After that, you're screwed. There's nothing else. It's all downhill. <laughs> but uh, it is. Everything yeah. else will be eighty percent at most. Of the one, one, I think one day on the show we should, if we're like ever having a week where we're really short on books, uh, I didn't, I need to talk through my whole Batman on Wii at the moment. I'm really wow. struggling. Yeah, not with Snyder's book, but it creeps in. Snyder's book, well, let's not get into it. Let's just say there's a, there's a general Batman on Wii happening right now. Well, can we, there's been a lot of Batman. It's not, it's just, I, I, uh, I mean, decades. It's not right now. We're getting, the show's wow. almost over. We can't get, let's do one more. Remember, remember how on the website when we, when we had daily content, we knew if we did an article about digital comics, it'd be like chum in the water and the page views would rocket to the, yeah. to the top of the charts. That doesn't happen so much anymore. But uh, how do you say this name? Tell me, Josh. It's Owen. Owen from Ireland. 
Oh, and H. I never would have guessed that. I almost named I like a long time ago. I was gonna name my first kid like Owen, and it was gonna spell it like this. So that's how I know. But then I decided it would you be just, really. You didn't want to subject it to a life of just horrible. No, yeah, it's no, Owen. Like it's, like it's okay if you're from Ireland and you do that, but if you're in America and you do that, you're being a dipshit. Is it Ewan? No, it's Owen. Fucking yeah. Dad. It's just Irish. It's the Irish spelling of Owen. They put in too many letters. All right. That's what they do. So Owen says. Hey, uh, long time, first time. I have a question here, which might be not be perfectly up your alley, as most of you are not big gamers. But any input you have on this topic is greatly welcomed. Do you think that comic book industry has so far missed out on a big opportunity to expand their audience by not putting digital comics on video game handheld systems? Here are some points that I feel are relevant. Number one, devices are perfect halfway point between tablets and smartphones. More portable than the former, and bigger screen sizes than the latter. Number two, clear crossover in the people who play video games and those who are open to the idea of reading comics. Number three, large install bases, Avida 9 million, 3DS 45 million, of people who carry these devices around regularly already. 45 million people carry around a 3DS all the time? Is that happening? Is that a thing? Worldwide. That's crazy. Most of them are in Japan, I assume, or Korea. Oh, okay. Point four, 3DS is particular, in particular could be used to try to bring digital comics to younger readers who've been, to some extent, priced out of the market. And number five, iPads and other tablets are very expensive, so are out of the price range for a more casual audience. Hope you answer this, even if you think this idea is incorrect. I just wanted to hear some different opinions on the matter, as I, it is not an idea I fear, dis- I hear discussed at all, and it's something I feel is so obvious. Despite this, I do realize that this might simply be a difficulty of program uh, programming. I so have, I have responses for this, which is why I wanted to talk about it because I know you you would. Well, uh, first of all, they tried this. I think mm-hmm. uh, when the PSP came out, there were comics yeah. available for it, uh, and it was dumb. Um, I think the one I don't remember from our time at Graphically. Did we? Did we? Was that a thing? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know, but but I mean, there's a couple of there's a couple of sort of practical reasons that it doesn't work. One, when originally digital comics started out, they started doing the panel cutting so they could fit it on yeah. a phone, and now they just do it as sort of an artifact of that. But it's sort of I actually, necessary. you know what? I know a lot of people who read read them that way. Really, a lot. Huh. People, well, these are the people who are more casual. I guess there's a dude in my office. That's all. That's all how he reads it, even with his, on his big tablet. Is that a big? Is that like a? Is I wonder if that's a big market though. Because what I, don't I think know. is I, that once I, I think that what happened is that tablets o- overshot these devices, and he makes a point that iPads are so expensive, and I don't think that's true because a Kindle Fire or a Samsung tablet or whatever, there's a bunch of different versions now that run Android or iOS, and they're pretty ubiquitous, and they're not any more expensive. Or than than a lot of these handheld systems, and I think that they're more ubiquitous, and you can do more with them. I think that that is mm-hmm. where people are concentrating their marketing and their development dollars. Because if they had to put them on these devices, each one of them has a different IO, you know, has a different OS, has a different way of reading. Yep. So they'd have to format the files for them differently. And my programming is, is annoying. Yeah, and 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 my guess is that that is. It's not worth the investment, basically, to learn how to do it, to market it, to get it to them. They've looked at it and said, you know, we're, we're, not, we're probably not going to make our money back on this. It would be nice. They could probably pull in a couple more people. but I really wonder how much crossover there is between video game and comic readers. I know a lot of comic readers play video games. I do a lot of video game players read comics. I think that is a false assumption. That because yeah. you like to play Batman in the Batman Arkham video games, that you are also going to want to read Batman comic books. Well, clearly you're not, because the game sells a lot more copies than the comic books. I think those are false equivalents. I believe that's it's the same. It's, a, it's the same assumption as you. Since you go to see the Dark Knight, you will then come and read a Batman comic. 
Right. And it which we always we know true. is false. Yeah. Right. I mean, like there's there's spillover. You know, there's an effect. They sold a hell of a lot of Watchmen graphic novels, but you know what they yeah. didn't make was a hell of a lot of Watchmen movie tickets. Uh, you know, but you know, if it, as we said, like if uh, if if that was true, then then Iron Man would have been the biggest selling comic book of the whole decade, and it wasn't. Well, there's. I mean, I think the main point is there's some serious technological hurdles. Yes. Uh, you can't just snap your fingers and have something appear on a device. It has to be. Uh, that the program has correctly. to be written, has to be formatted correctly, it has to be coded. It, it's a deal has and to you be have made to, with the provider. You got to probably to, pay a license fee to get listed on there, or pay a portion of what you make if you do sell it. Uh, you got to reformat for that. You got to code for each one. So then you got somebody's got to code the, the you know the Sony version and the Nintendo version. And you got to you run a you know cost benefit analysis on the on the platform. And is it are you going to have enough readers to make this worth it, or did you just waste a whole lot? I mean, how long have we been on iPads now? Almost five years, I think. Four and a half years, I think. And they're just starting to get to a point where they're like, okay, this is starting to work. So I, I remember this is the thing. Like early on, I remember I remember uploading like a PDF or maybe it was even like a, like a, like a, like one of those um, <coughs> CBR files to, to, uh, to my PSP and trying mm-hmm. to read it and just being like, well, this is dumb. Like – like they had, I think you could buy books through there, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a little t- tiny, tiny bit of it. Um, the smallest I'm going to go is an iPad mini. And I only say that because I still think the iPad is the perfect size, but the iPad mini, uh, it, the resolution is so high. The retina display resolution is so good that even on the mini, the comics look fantastic. So I mean, I, I, think, I, I think any smaller than that, you're running into problems, I think. And you're, you're, you know, people are better off. People are going to format their own content for those audiences on those devices. I, I bet and you know it's 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 chump change for the for the comic people. I think. And then the the other side of it is <coughs> it's two kind of publishers. There's the tiny little publishers, um, and if they're really hungry, they could maybe format it and do it and put it on there. But they're they're still not going to get a ton. And then there's the big fish, and and they're not looking to invest in that because both Marvel and DC. For example, are are are, you know, they're they're IP machines at this point. That's why they exist, and and, and their their parent companies aren't necessarily going to want them to spend that money. They spent a mm. lot of money over the last eight ten years trying to come up with new ways to exploit comics digitally, and most of it failed. So I think they're gonna they're gonna stick to their guns and just well, much much like they stick to the bread and butter of the direct market for the p- yes. physical copies, they're sticking to the direct the bread and butter of comicsology. And and that you know for the for the digital market, it's yeah. it's what they it's what they know. They can they can make sales projections based on these things. It's predictable, and comics isn't a big enough industry where they can take those kind of chances. Yeah, spend it's the like, kind of money. Just go back to the old question, like, well, how come they don't advertise? Because they can't afford it, and right. then the return the return on investment is too low. Yep. And, you know, end of the- raise, raise within margins as it is. So there, yeah. there you go, Owen. Uh, from Ireland. Thank you, Sam, Aaron, and Owen who wrote in. They did so at contact.fanboy.com, which is where you can write us, or you can call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOY-326-2697 and tell us who you are and where you're from. Keep it around 30 seconds. And thanks. Uh, if you want to get your question or comment, not usually not comments, but questions on the show, you can do either of those things, and uh, we'll, get it, we'll get it on. That's how you can be part of the show. It's interactive. Wait, we're going to get it on? We're going to get it on. You know, you know I don't have any... You know it just showed up on Netflix? What? The, the Ladies' Man feature film. 
it's on, it's, on, it's streaming on Netflix. Just I, just I am both idea to know that. I am both excited and terrified to see that. I've never yeah. seen it. Oh really? It's yeah. Not good. I mean, there's funny no, but, things in it, but it's not good. I just love him as, as that character so much. Yeah, no. But do I love him in more than two minute chunks? I don't know that you do. I know you. Tim Meadows is the unsung comic genius of our time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. I don't, you, I'm not. He's always funny. Yeah. Always did the, funny. Did you do the first part before I brought that up? Yeah, you did, right? Uh, no, I didn't. I said I was no. about to say we're uh, just just talk. This is all screwed up. I know. It was the ladies' man did it. Michael Clark. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make that sense. That is an old, old podcast joke. And there's probably five people left who are I listening back to I think we need to that. stop doing that. Except for those five people probably still like that a lot. We need to come up with new material. Oh, shit. 2015. That's our slogan for 2015. New material. <laughs> At this time, uh, we mean it. This time uh, we mean it. Yeah, so are we, am I doing the – which part am I doing? I'm lost. I'm completely Just lost. Just do, do all three now. That's okay, what your you punishment is. So you want to start off and you want to go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show. You can hear uh, past shows. You can look up some of those old shows we were talking about and be like, oh, yeah, that joke. That wasn't really funny then, but why are they still referring to but it? But actually they can't because uh, the, the, the shows are only available back to like 108 or something like that. You can't oh, go back for that's still that's still hundreds of shows. No, but I think some of these jokes are from like the first couple of years. Wow, that's that's I think that's sad. Is what Michael is. Lark might be that? Oh my god! I think Michael Lark is later because it's no because it was Captain America or Daredevil. Anyway, continue. You can follow iFanboy at twitter.com slash iFanboy or go to facebook.com slash iFanboy or uh, you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out on Sunday. Um, you can follow us individually at CS Kilpatrick, at Fuzzy Typewriter, and at J.A. Flanagan. And finally, and it was your name, too. That's what's funny about it. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not vain. I mean, I am. Uh, finally, if you like us and you, uh, you, you want to help out, you can go write a review for us on iTunes because um, that helps a lot. helps people find the show. And go, hey, look, there's hundreds of five-star reviews here. That must mean there's some quality there. I think I will try this show. Uh, and then you'll find out, like, what the hell are they talking? They're clinging to their sad, sad pasts. Better yet, <laughs> you can tell people directly about us. Uh, if somebody's looking for a podcast, you say, hey, you know what? I've, I've liked this iFanboy show for a while. I mean, they've lost a step, but it's still better than most of the stuff out there. Uh, you could uh, introduce anybody to podcasts. That would help us always, um, you know, social network that shit. So They that can be like, all- hey, you've heard of Serial, right? Well, there are other podcasts. Got some? Are you missing cereal in your life? There are other podcasts. Josh there and I are. will murder someone if that's what has to happen. Wow! Turn us into wow. a murder investigation. Whoa! I thought we were... <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk about it after the show. We'll talk about I it after the show. I, I really think that we've passed the point of we'll do anything to get to get attention. Yeah, that's true. Like, we did. Although some people missed... need murdering. Like, 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 if we were gonna blow up, we'd already have. So we did. It's probably not point to kill anybody. Fine. I just we feel blew, like some people need it. We blew up in the sense of like when they, they put a thing over a bomb to blow it up safely. <laughs> like that was our blowing up. It was like like a, like a bomb squad? Over. Yeah, like the robot came over and they put the little like like shelter over it and they exploded it inside there. And that was like, okay, show's over, sure. thanks. And the robot scoops it all up into its little little wally <laughs> thing and, and rides away and... <laughs> what was the ro- what was the robot in in the Jetsons? Just because I feel like we need more old old Rosie? references. 
Rosie. Rosie comes over and sweeps it into her little yeah. hole in her stomach. And, and yeah. the Jeremy Renner walks so it takes his suit off. Never emotes in a movie again. <laughs> Until next week, my name is Connor. He did, he did an American Muscle. That's why I liked him. He was really good in American Muscle. He was. I don't remember anything about that movie except I really liked him. And I'm Josh. Yeah.